This is The Point, professional investing in Australia with Pendle. Welcome to The Point podcast from Perpetual Group. Over the past week or so, there's been a few indicators suggesting that inflation in the US might not be falling quite as fast as hoped. It caused a few gyrations across asset markets in the US, in Australia and globally. What's it mean for investors? To answer that question, I welcome to The Point podcast, Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. Tim, welcome back to The Point. Thank you, Sean. Good to be back. We seem to be getting so used to good news on inflation, at least in the US and pretty much in Australia too, but there's just been a few signs that the disinflation isn't happening quite as fast as hoped. In the US, we have seen it, yes. Uh, the last week's data, first of all, CPI and then PPI have been a little bit higher than forecast, which does paint a you know, slightly slower picture. I wouldn't read too much into it. There have been some factors behind it. But yeah, look, if you think about very simple terms, US CPI, we get every month. You know, if you're wanting to see it hit the Fed target, you need 0.2s, which gets you around two and a half annual or even slightly lower, 0.1s occasionally. And we were seeing that towards the back half of last year. And yeah, the last numbers came out at 0.3, which clearly puts you more closer to around the 3% level. And it's the same with the PPI. But yeah, look, I think that the wider trend towards disinflation is still intact. But yeah, we'll give the Fed a little bit of pause for thought. Okay, so that's your view on, on where we're still going with rate cuts. But what are what are the drivers of these hiccups, slight changes in, you said, CPI and PPI in the US? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things we keep our eye on. The most important one always is, and people think it's a bit of a bland answer, but it's oil, oil prices. And oil prices have been coming down in the back half of last year. They've now stabilised and bounced a little bit. So there's that happening. Uh, the other important one to mention in the US is that rents play a far bigger part because what I actually do in the US is they include your principal place of residence and effectively put a rent on that and say that you're consuming it for the purposes of CPI. So unlike most countries, in Australia, for example, rents are only 6% of CPI. In the US, owner-occupied rents are 25% and then you've got about another 7% of actual rents on top. So what happens to rents in the US is extremely important to CPI less important to PCE, which is the Fed's preferred inflation measure. And really behind the the, the misses we saw in January, one of the key factors was rents, which everyone anticipating to be moderating in their growth, uh, didn't moderate as much. And I think that's more a timing issue. I think you will see that moderation come through in the months ahead, which makes me more comfortable with the fact that, yes, the numbers were a little bit higher than expectations, but I wouldn't read it that we're getting this sort of re-acceleration of inflation happening in the US. Okay, so let's shift what you've just said to the bond market. There's sort of, I heard you uh, in a seminar recently sort of basically saying there's still a bit of juice in those bonds yet. Uh, Does this, what you're talking about, make any difference? Oh, look, you know, people like uh, myself are paid to worry about the weekly fluctuations. But I think for investors, yeah, the, the trend is still in place. The trend is that we have higher interest rates than we need, given the inflation backdrop as it exists now, as opposed to 12 months ago. And central banks recognise that and will deliver on cuts. And then, of course, people like me are paid to delve behind how many and when. But, yeah, look, the theme is we are going to have lower rates uh, in the US across the year and Australia will likely follow towards the back half of the year. So as an investor, how do I think about bonds? I mean, I can rethink bonds 
at least compared to the past decade, suddenly they're a little bit more attractive, I dare say. Well, I'm, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the, the fact is, if you think about cash rates in Australia, currently 435, our thoughts are that you will see them down towards 360 by the end of this year, uh, possibly a little bit lower into 2025. If you then start to think about, well, you know, where does that put things like term deposits? Uh, you're going to face an environment where, you know, getting in the high fours and even in some cases low fives for term deposits won't be there in the second half of the year. You'll start to see more in the low fours and possibly high threes. And when you look at bonds that right at this point in time, uh, depending whether you buy a government bond, a state government bond or a bank bond, you're still getting four point something or five point something as your yield which is going to outdo term deposits in, in the medium yeah. term. So, yeah, there is a bit of juice left. I mean, I, I think a way I describe it is the red light special, which was sort of October last year where we did briefly touch 5% on a 10-year bond. I think those levels uh, are gone. But, you know, that was kind of a one-off sell-off. I think if you look at across the last year or so, the current levels on 10-year bonds at four and a quarter still look reasonably attractive. Albeit, I don't think you're going to see them go a long way lower in, in the next couple of months. Okay. And just before we finish off, the other point which we occasionally touch on but perhaps not enough, when you're getting that on a 10-year government bond, that's actually setting the rate for the rest of the market. So if you're looking for equities, you should be looking for some gap above that 4%, similarly with you know real assets, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the risk-free rate, isn't it, across which all pricing and assumptions are compared to. For those unfortunate geeks who had to do um, finance back at university, <laughs> uh, you learn about, you know, your uh, discount rates and, you know, it's, it's obviously at the centre of everything, and particularly for equities, which have, you know, a lot of uh, anticipated future earnings, more so than necessarily today's earnings. You know, what the long-term rate and how much you discount those cash flows by does matter. So um, they're more sensitive to what happens to longer bonds. I guess my point is, yeah, look, you know, if you look at four and a quarter for a government bond in a 10-year sector, if you're buying state government debt in a 10-year sector, you're probably getting around 5%, a little bit lower perhaps, depending on the name. But then if you're looking at things like a senior bank paper issued by like the four major banks, you know, in the three to five year space, you're seeing levels uh, up in the high fours as well. So, and of course, the important point I always make is you have daily liquidity in those things. You can always raise cash if you need to, as opposed to, for example, the term deposit where your cash is locked up. So a higher return, better liquidity, it's a pretty attractive proposition to me and indicates that the overall term structure of rates still represents value for investors. Tim, thank you for talking to The Point. My pleasure, Sean. Thank you. You've been listening to Tim Hext, Head of Government Bond Strategies at Pendle. This is The Point Podcast from Perpetual Group. I'm Sean Aylmer. 